God, God, we love you, and we are just grateful for you this morning. Uh, God, this morning it's it's uh, it's kind of bittersweet to to worship this morning as we're missing Opal, uh, who isn't here, and but we know God that she is where she wants to be. Uh, she she is with you, and God, we are thankful that we have that hope. We have the living hope, but we know that in the end of all things, God, we will be living once again with that living hope. And so, God, we know that you you have her right now. And so, God, as much as we miss her here now, we know that she is where she wants to be. And God, I just pray uh, over her family this morning. I just pray that you would uh, just send a special touch on that family as it came as a surprise to them as well. Uh, God, we just we just want to bless them. We want them to just feel your presence in all of this. And so, God, we just pray your presence in their home right now, in their family right now, God, and we just pray that you would be with them as they process all that, all that this entails. Uh, God, we just we give you thanks for Opal and for the life that she lived. We can't wait to celebrate that together uh, in her service. And God, I just pray for this service this morning. God, we... We worship you, uh, and now it is time, God, for us to, to really dive into Scripture, to be able to uh, just, just hear from you in a very real and tangible way, God. We pray, as we do every week, that you would speak through me, God, that you would use me and use my voice this morning, that the words that come out of my mouth would be your words and not my words, God, that they would be your words for your people on your day. God, we are here in this space right now in this moment to hear from you, not because I'm a good speaker, but because you speak through your word. God, I just pray that you would just just bless this time. We would leave knowing that we have met with the one true God. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it has been a very fun series so far, if I do say so myself, as we have been going through the Psalms. Uh, You know, the Psalms are pretty special to me, actually. Uh, You know, I... For, for many, many years, I would just kind of skip through the Psalms and just kind of not really think about what the Psalm was trying to say to me. Uh, it was kind of the extra that we have in the Bible. You know, you get those little New Testaments at the New Testament and, the, and Psalms, right? This is kind of thrown in there at the end. Uh, you can read that too. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take up that much space. We'll just throw it in there. This is an extra bonus. That's kind of how we treated the book of Psalms, really. It's kind of the bonus book, right? It's like the, the book that makes you kind of feel good and makes you kind of think about some things. And there's good songs, there's good poetry, but we don't always ask the questions that we should ask of the Psalms. What is this? What is this? Why is this here? <laughs> As we talked about in the Word of God series, this Word of God is just that. It is the Word of God. It is there to speak to us. It is there to move us and direct us and guide us. It is there to, to shape us and just... But how? How do we do that in the Psalms if we don't ask the same questions that we do of the rest of Scripture? They're, they're more than just beautiful songs and poems. It's, it's so much deeper than that. This is actually week nine, I believe, uh, of our series, uh, and we've, we've, we've gone through a few of these as we've talked about worship, and we've talked about coming to grips with God's love and his faithfulness and his depth of knowledge for us, right? There's a lot of things that these psalmists are wrestling with. In fact, one of my favorites that we've gone through is Psalm 73, as we just look at Asaph, who is a worship leader in the temple, just wrestling with God. Asking these questions like, surely, God, you are good to Israel, 
but <laughs> and he just kind of goes on to say like but but what about this and what about this and and what about this just to just to be able to wrestle with God there is so much stuff in the Psalms you know last week or two weeks ago when I was here we talked about Psalm 84 and just this longing to be close to God longing to be just close to him and how much of a blessing it is to be the temple of God you know today we're gonna uh, just Go backwards a little bit. We go from Psalm 84 to Psalm 67. Uh, I neglected to write down the page, but I think it's five something uh, in there. Uh, and uh, Psalm 67 is really, I, we, we, we talked about Psalm 67 just really briefly in our Word of God series as we were talking about the mission of the church. Uh, but I want to, I, I was debating whether or not to do it because technically I've already, I've already talked about it, you know. But I want to just, I want to, again, in staying true to the series, go deeper. I want to go deeper into the psalm, Psalm 67, uh, as we do this. We talked about it, just like I said briefly, as we talked about the, the mission of the church. But I want to go a bit more in depth. You know, it's a short psalm. It's actually probably one of the shortest that we'll read. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start and read it. Here's what it says. Uh-oh. Sorry, there's not a first note on this one. There is, but it's not, it doesn't provide us any context necessarily. It just says, for the director of music, with stringed instruments, a psalm. It's a song. Stringed instruments, right up my alley. Let's go, right? Uh, so here's what we're doing. Psalm 67, uh, it is a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all of the ends of the earth will fear him. So, you may recognize that from our Word of God series as we talked about kind of the mission of the church. We talked about it really briefly, but, but I want to go deeper this morning. You know, there is one really overarching truth that we see in this, in this psalm, in this passage, and it's really this. God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among the nations. God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among the nations. I want to just unpack that a little bit. God blesses his people. You know, the verse one starts, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. You know, in, in your Bible, there might be a pause there, or just a note that says there should be a pause here. Uh, the word there is selah, which we don't really know what it means, but essentially what it's saying is just let that soak in. Let that soak in. It's a pause there, deliberately put there to just say, hey, let this, let this soak in for you. Let this prayer for you soak in. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Let that soak in. I love when we see this. You know, the New American Standard, I think, puts it in there. A couple other translations actually put that word selah in there. But it's so important. You know, the interesting thing is that this, this blessing is actually pretty much straight out of the book of Numbers. It is a, a blessing that, the, the, that God told the high priests, Aaron's, Aaron's sons, Aaron's priests, to give to the people of Israel when they came to the temple. 
In fact, it's in Numbers chapter 6. You don't need to go there with me if you don't want, but you're more than welcome. Numbers chapter 6, starting at verse 22, says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. So remember, this this is straight from God here. Straight from God to Aaron through Moses for the Israelites. He says, This is how you're to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is the blessing, again, straight from God, given to Moses, to Aaron, to give to the Israelites. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And he says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God wants to bless his people. Yeah, I think it'd be good of us even just to kind of just to kind of pause as well this morning and think about this prayer that is offered over the Israelites, this prayer that the psalmist says here, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. May God be gracious to you. And hasn't God been so gracious to us? The grace of God is so real in our lives. It is so real. We know that God has been gracious to us. He brought us out of sin and out of death into life. He brought us from what we deserve, which is judgment, and he instead gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us mercy. God's grace is very real. God is gracious to us. May God be gracious to us, and may may he bless us. Not curse you, which is what we probably deserve, but bless you. May he be gracious to you. May he bless you. May he make his face shine on you. And this is just the most beautiful part for me. That the face of God the creator would just shine down on you. just, Just in your mind, just picture God just smiling down on you. Just looking on you with, with just love and grace and blessing. And just let that soak in. Say loud. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine on us. Say loud. Let that soak in. Just pause. Now here's the thing. There is a pause there, but it is not a period. There's a pause there, but it's not a period. The most important words in this psalm are not those first dozen or so words. They're the next two words, so that. See, apparently there is a, there's a reason that God wants to bless his people. There's a reason that God is gracious to his people. There's a reason that God would, would shine his face down on his people. And these next, this verse, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. I mean, he, your ways may be known on the earth. God blesses his people so that he might be known in all the world. So that we would go out with the blessings that God is giving us and, and share that. That the, the ends of the earth would know God. 
would come to know him, would come to love him, right? that salvation might be known among all nations. He keeps going in verse 3 through 5. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Let all the people praise you. Let all the people praise you. That word peoples there, the the plural of peoples, we don't really use so much anymore. That's not like a word that we just toss around. Those peoples, unless we're talking about those people having something, we don't really use the word peoples. But it's pretty common in the Psalms. It's pretty common in Scripture. The word nations there is an interesting word as well. We use the word nation, but when we think of nation, we think of a, a geographic location. America is our nation. Canada is the nation on top, right? Mexico is the nation below us. There are some nations in the world that are our friends. There are some that aren't, but that's what we think of when we think of nations. When, when the psalmist is talking about peoples and nations, they're, they're not talking about location. They don't, they don't talk, this isn't what they were meaning when they were talking about locations or, or anything like that. When they use the word nations and peoples, there's actually three different words that are kind of interchangeable there, but all of that he uses, he uses all three in the psalm, by the way, but all of them talk about kind of ethnos, they're people groups, ethnicities, right? people that, that have the same language and the same culture. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about people groups. And there's, that's the thing we know a little bit better. We can start to understand what he's talking about here. He's talking about people groups here. Did you know that around the world, there's over 11,000 different people groups that we've discovered so far? (laughs) There are probably some more that we have not yet discovered. But like I said, people who who share common language, who share cultural characteristics. And this psalmist uses three different Hebrew words for peoples and nations. And it's like he's saying, look, God, God wants to be praised by all. He's not, he's not giving you any way out, like all means all. is basically, I think if there was like a footnote in this, I think that's what he would say. All means all. When I talk about people everywhere, I mean actually people everywhere, like all the people. May all the people praise you, asterisks, all means all. Right, that's what he's saying here. Everybody is what I'm talking about. Yeah, we, we, this is actually true in all, all of Scripture. When God blesses his people, he does so, so that other people would come to know who he is. We're going to take just a tour of scripture this morning. We're going to go through Old Testament, New Testament. So I can just show you, this this is true not just here in the psalm, but it is true all throughout scripture. Some of of these will be familiar from our Word of God series, but go back to Genesis 12 with me. Genesis chapter 12, Abram uh, is, is... is being called by God. And here's, here's, what, here's what God says in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So there, I mean, just, just that right there. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Go where I'm telling you to go. I'm going to bless you. And by the way, 
Everybody on the earth is going to be blessed through you. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. Just a little bit more forward in in Genesis chapter 26, we see God speaking again. In verse 4, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Now this this is God talking to, to Isaac here. Through you, all nations, through your descendants, all the, everybody on the earth is going to be blessed. Just two chapters more, 28 verse 14. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. You start to get the picture here with Abraham's family. This is true from the very beginning. Abraham's family, I will bless you, you will be a blessing. I will bless you, and because you are blessed, out of this blessing, you will be a blessing. You you move forward a little bit. You get to Exodus, and God frees his people from Egypt, and then they get to the Red Sea. And when you think about this, fleeing from Egypt and going to the Red Sea does not really sound like a great escape plan. There's a body of water there. We don't have boats. There's a lot of us. (laughs) I mean, this does not sound like the greatest escape plan, but here's what happens. God blesses his people. He comes to the aid of his people. And he parts the sea. They walk across on dry land. I want you just to to hear in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4, really why. God kind of gives us the why here in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And all the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Why does God do what he does for the Israelites? He frees them. He shows all of these different signs and wonders to Pharaoh. He he parts the waters of the Red Sea so they can walk across on dry ground. He blesses his people. Why? So that the Egyptians might know that he is the Lord. The Egyptians might come to see and know the God of the Israelites. You you see it fleshed out in, in Daniel a couple times. Daniel chapter 3, after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fiery furnace. Remember, why are they put in the the fiery furnace in the first place? Because they refused to worship the king. They would not sway from their worship of God. And in Daniel chapter 3, we read this. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree... Remember, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, who, by the way, was a, was a really awful man. <laughs> just, I'll just say that. He was a really awful guy. Definitely, yeah. Therefore, I decree... 
that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. This is, tells you a little bit of how bad of a guy he is. Be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Why did God bless Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? So that even King Nebuchadnezzar one of the most evil dudes you will ever read about will recognize that only that God could have done this. Only the one true God. There's another nation that hears of it. Just a few chapters later, as if these people didn't get the picture, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. We know why he is thrown into the lion's den. He's thrown into the lion's den because why? He refuses to to not pray to his God. Now it's kind of a trap and we won't go into all of that, but he, he refuses to change who he is. He refuses to stop praying. And in Daniel chapter 6, we see that he is thrown into the lion's den for refusing to change. And he survives the night in the lion's den. And here's what the king says in chapter 6, starting at verse 26 and 27. Well, we'll start at verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, why? Why would God bless Daniel in this way? So that. So that the nations would know. I mean, this, look, look who this king in Daniel chapter 6 is writing to. King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. He wrote to everyone that he knew of. And he said, look, this is the God. No other God could do this. You see it in Joshua as Joshua is going through these towns and taking them over and, and doing all sorts of things as God is providing a way into the promised land. People looking at the Israelites as Joshua is leading them say, what other God could have done this? Right? People are blessed so that people would then look back to God and see that he is the one. Ezekiel chapter 36 really just kind of lays it out for us. It kind of lays out the why for us. Ezekiel chapter 36, God is kind of recounting what he's done for his people in this past. And, and this, is, this is what he says in verse 22 and 23. I won't read all of it. But he says, therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It's not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you've gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. God basically just looks at the Israelites, and at this point they're, they're not living the way they should, essentially. But he says, look, all these things that I have done, this is not for you. That's not for your sake that I did that. That's for the sake of my great name. 
And people will look at you, and they will look at everything that I have done in and through you, and they will know that I am great. God blesses his people so that the world may know. You know, this, this mission that God is on doesn't stop in the Old Testament, though. You get to Matthew chapter 28, and, and we're sent out in the, at the end of Matthew. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Mark chapter 16 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Acts chapter 1, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Romans chapter 15, Paul says that that it was his mission to preach the gospel where Christ was not yet known. 2 Peter 3.9 says the Lord wants everyone to come to repentance. And and even in the very end, Revelation chapter 7, Revelation 7, 9 and 10, this this is the end of the story here. Let me just read this to you. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the end. You can see, cover to cover, in Scripture, God blesses His people so that his name would be known throughout all nations. God blesses his people so that the world would know him. That the world would come to know and love him the way that his people have come to know and love him. See, in the end, the purpose is fulfilled. This mission is fulfilled. God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among the nations. But here's the danger for us today, is I think oftentimes we can put the period after that first part where there's supposed to be a pause. Would God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us? Period. And we walk around and we say amen to that. Yeah, would God bless us? Would God just, just rain down his blessing on me? Would he rain? I just want to want more of his blessing. I want to see his face. I want, I want his grace to be all over me. And I think if we're not careful, we can put the period where there's supposed to be a pause. And it changes everything. Because there is a purpose there. I think I, I'm guilty of this all the time. When I, when I pray, I thank him all the time for all the blessings that I've received. In fact, I try to be very specific. When God blesses me, I thank him for that blessing. But I don't often think about the so that. God, you have blessed me in so many ways, but what is the, what's the so that? Because the message of Christianity is not just God loves me. I mean, that is a message of Christianity, but it is not the message of Christianity. It's a truth, but I think it goes deeper than that. God does love us, and that's one of the most important things that we could grasp. But I think if I could put it in a psalm, there would be, God loves me, say la. God loves me, let that soak in. But there's a pause, and it's not a period. And this is, this is the end goal. He is the end goal. 
I mean, you go back to, to Ezekiel, when people see that, they're, they're going to think of me. My name is going to be great. And you might be singing, Pastor Chris, are you saying that God has some ulterior motive for blessing us? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's, a, that's exactly what I'm saying this morning. God does not just bless you because he loves you. He does bless you because he loves you. But man, that doesn't end there. We, believe it or not, are not the center of God's universe. God doesn't just bless us just to bless us. God, God blesses us so that, so that we might go and bless other people, so that we might go and that the world might know. I mean, let's not just be so arrogant that we just really think like God, God is just going to bless me because maybe I deserve it. Maybe God just loves me more than all these other people. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why God is blessing me. I don't want to be so arrogant as to say like, God, just bless me. God's purpose in this world is that his name would be made great, that all peoples would praise him. He does that as he blesses his people, and we go to spread the name of God. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that God doesn't love deeply. God absolutely loves deeply. And there are some blessings that we have received that I'm sure are because God just loves us deeply, and he knows what we needed on any given day. But even those blessings... I think, you know, the love of God is just so indescribable. It, it really is. It's the beauty of the gospel. And God blesses us in so many ways that sometimes I think we fail to recognize all of the ways in which God blesses us. But there's a pause there. It's not a period. God blesses his people so that. So that. He would be known among all the peoples. All right, verse 2 in Psalm, Psalm 67. All right, may God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on the earth. All right, so that he would be known among all the people. And in order for the people to praise God, they need to know God. But it's more than just intellectual knowledge. They need to, just, they need to know God. Like really, truly know him. But it's not just that he would be known. It says so he would be enjoyed among the peoples as well. You get to verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. (laughs) What happened? Do you remember the very first time that you heard Jesus and you said yes? Do you remember the joy that you felt in your heart? Do you remember just the happiness that you felt? The joy that you felt? Just, Just... it was overwhelming, wasn't it? And this is, this is what he's saying here. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? Because they have heard the name of God. They, have, they know who he is and they can enjoy him as well. This is not even the only psalm that, that expresses this truth. I mean, Psalm 69, 32 says, The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. You just see this sense of just joy. Psalm 70, verse 4 says, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, The Lord is great. Psalm 97, 1, The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Psalm 100 is one of the more well-known psalms. We can just actually... It's pretty short as well. We might as well just read that, right? Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. 
Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his thanks with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And shout for joy. All the earth. Shout for joy. I think it's just, it's amazing. This is a theme all through scripture. God's desire is that the people... All the people, all means all, all the people and all the earth would come to know who he is. So here's the question we always wrestle with here at Fresno First Church. What do we do with this? <laughs> what, do, what does this mean for me? Like, How can I read this psalm and, 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 and apply it? What does this psalm mean for me? God blesses his people for the sake of his praise among all people. What does this mean for me? Here's a couple thoughts. I think this prayer has to just be constantly on our lips. This prayer needs to be just constantly on our lips. I was thinking about this this morning as I was getting ready for this. Like, why don't I pray this over my family or over my kids or over my church or over anybody that I see? Why is this not the prayer that, why don't I pray this over our denomination, over all the people who claim Jesus? May God be gracious to you and bless you may he make his face shine on you so that the world might know now why is that not a prayer that we pray more often (laughs) over everybody that we know especially believers right like why is this not a prayer that we pray more often i think this prayer has to be constantly on our lips and i'm committing to pray this over my family and over us as a church that that over the coming days and weeks and months and years, I, I would love for you to join. Let this be our prayer for each other. May the Lord bless you. May he be gracious to you and shine his face upon you so that the world might know. So that the world might know. This prayer needs to be on our lips. But more than that, this purpose that is in this prayer needs to just drive our lives and our hearts this so that I don't think I'm alone in this but I I think I've I have soaked in the grace of God (laughs) probably too much yeah I have just just soaked in the blessings and not even thought about how God could use that blessing through me for someone else I, I just I even just confess that to you this morning I'm not sure I have treated the blessings of God the way that God would have me treat those blessings. Because I I know that this scripture is true and that God God has blessed me and he's blessed you and he's blessed this church, but he's done it for a purpose. Just this morning, I was driving in thinking about this sermon. I was reminded about a guy in one of my previous churches and just just one of these guys that you talk to and you just feel happy afterwards. <laughs> it's just one of these guys that he just, his, his happiness and his joy is just contagious. And every single time he'd say, hey man, how's it going? And he'd say, I am blessed and highly favored, brother. And it's one of those things that you just, you kind of chuckle and you just keep going on in the conversation. But I was thinking about that this morning and I just, you know, the best part of that was he meant it. And he believed it. And I hope we do as well. I hope we mean it. And I hope we believe it. Because we really are blessed. 
We really are out of favor. But man, don't put a period there. Don't put a period there. We are blessed. Yeah, we're highly favored, but, but there's, there's more to do. There's a purpose to the blessing. There is a person, there's a purpose to the, to the favor. And here's the thing, I, I really do believe that the blessings that we have received are only a taste, only a taste of what God will do if we fulfill that purpose with the blessings that he has given us. You know, John Piper, he talks about Psalm 67 in one of his books. He says this, he says, If God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving toward the nations. He will bless the church that's pouring itself out for the unreached peoples of the world. And this blessing is not payment for a service rendered. It's power and joy for a mission to accomplish. When we move toward the unreached peoples, we are not earning God's blessing. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. I want you just to hear that last phrase again. When we... When we move toward the unreached people, and by this, I, I want to say, yeah, all the, all the unreached people groups in the world, but also the people in this neighborhood who are unreached, and the people in your neighborhood who are unreached. When we move toward the unreached peoples, we are not earning God's blessing. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. I love this imagery. I love this imagery. And when we give our lives the purpose of God, that everyone in all of creation would come to know and love God, we leap into this river of blessings that is already flowing towards that purpose. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> this week I've been rethinking everything that God has blessed me with. Because I've just been thinking about, okay, well, how... God definitely has blessed me in so many ways. How, how can I use those blessings to bless other people? How can I use my blessings to, to go after this mission that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess? How, how would I do this? I mean, we, we don't do it for more blessing, though. The blessings are just the tools that God has given us to reach out. We, we jump into this river of blessing, not, be, not just to earn more blessing, but because... We are so in love with this God who wants his name to reach the nations. I want to just, I want to pray this morning. And we're going to just close our time together really just praying this psalm from beginning to end. And I just, I want to make, I want you to make, I want you to make this your prayer today. And I want to make this my prayer today. Uh, so I just would, would ask that you just, just enter a posture of, of prayer. Whether that be sitting in your seat, if you want to stand for prayer, if you want to kneel at your seat or kneel here at one of the altars for prayer, you're more than welcome. Make sure your heart is in a posture of prayer this morning as we pray this. But I just want to, I just want to go through this psalm and just, just make this our prayer this morning. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Say la.
so that your ways may be known on the earth. Your salvation would be known among the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. God, may this prayer just be always on our lips. God, forgive us for the times that we have put a period where there is supposed to be a pause. And would we just live our lives understanding that you bless us for a purpose. And may we give our lives toward that purpose. That one day, every knee would bow in heaven and earth. And every tongue confess that you are Lord. God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Uh, And as we close, we'll just do a prayer of blessing again. Uh, (laughs) This prayer of blessing might sound a little familiar. You just raise your hands down and just receive this blessing. May our God bless you. May he be gracious to you. May he make his face shine on you. And as he does that, may he just encourage you and motivate you and push you to fulfill the mission that he has put you on so that. Go in grace. Go in peace this morning. May you make a difference wherever you may find yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning. It's good to be back.